Welcome to Kick Your Butts, a show where excuses, limits, and boundaries go to die. Where moving through everything that's holding you back is the key to stepping onto your infinite path and achieving the success you deserve in life, business, and relationships. It's time to take those butts and kick them into oblivion. Now here's your host, Susan Desenzi. Welcome back to another episode of Kick Your Butts, where we obliterate your butts, your boundaries, and your excuses so that you can step into your infinite possibilities. As I say every week when I have a guest on, I am super excited to have someone very special in the house today. And you might wonder why I always say that. Well, you know, everybody's unique and different and everybody's special. And I know that's like, oh, is that that positivity? Like, just be happy and everybody's special. I just believe in the possibility of every human being. And I know that every one of us as humans who walk this planet in form have overcome things. And so I'm always excited to bring somebody on and share their story and learn how they really overcame their butts and boundaries and limits and excuses and stepped into not only who they are, but what they're meant to do here on this planet. So I want to set the stage really briefly before I introduce her, because you guys know that this show is about dealing with all those heavier emotional things sometimes, and that, you know, in looking at our butts and our boundaries, that sometimes it can just, like, be focused in one direction. And you know that this is for people right? Because we all have these experiences. But the show is also designed to help those that are in the entrepreneurial space who get a little stuck. Or if you are at a job and you are struggling, or let's say you have crafts that you make and you want to sell them. And so I always want to make sure that I bring a variety of people from a variety of backgrounds on so that we deal with everybody. So I'm excited to have in the house today, Jennifer Yan. Now she is the founder and online marketer at SEO Symbiosis LLC. I don't know why I hesitated with that because I love that word, symbiosis. Isn't that cool? SEO Symbiosis. And I'll get to that in a second because SEO still scares the crap out of me. Now she is fueled by her experience in technology and her work in marketing research for organizations such as YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google. And she developed a foundation in consumer psychology and how to market products and services in a manner that resonates with specific audiences. I don't think that's very easy to do, and we're going to get into that. She helps business owners struggling with lead generation to appear on podcasts and rank higher in search engines to reach billions. Yes, that's with a B for boy of potential leads worldwide. According to Forbes, 90% of the buyer's journey starts online and making sure your business has high search engine rankings is more important than ever. That's why I said it still scares me because I really know nothing about it. So I'm excited to learn this today. Now she also uses creative problem solving and strategic marketing to curate relationships with influential decision makers to ignite the growth of her clients' businesses making dramatic changes in businesses in months instead of years. That was a mouthful. I always like to introduce people for their background as opposed to what I think about them, because I'll have enough of my opinions, as you all know. So Jen, 
Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to learn from you today. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for that intro, Susan. And definitely great meeting you at New Media Summit. And I know we definitely clicked as entrepreneurs and just learning how to actually like start a business and actually some of the like, you know, imposter syndromes that we have as we go on this entrepreneur journey. Yeah, for sure. So before we get into kind of like what the challenges were that you overcame, tell me a little about your background so that we know a little bit about like what led you into kind of technology and SEO and online marketing. Because again, for me, that's scary as all get out. Oh, yes. Um, SEO is definitely a big beast to handle, but <laughs> I actually didn't start in marketing. I actually started a few years ago as a software engineer. Really? And yeah, it was like a software engineering coding school I went to that was geared towards bringing in more women into the field because there's a lot of like programmers are, that are like, you know, the typical male type of demographic. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started learning how to build web applications using HTML, CSS, and I learned how to build websites. And during the time while I was like, interviewing for software engineering positions, I started picking up big gigs with companies like YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. And basically, I was like giving them feedback on how to improve their products and services. And that kind of gave me the marketing experience along with that technical side of me. And so with that marketing and technical side, that's how I actually went into SEO. Because when I started a business, I knew there's one thing I had to do for sure. It was to grow it and market it. And so there's many ways to market a business, but I definitely chose SEO because of how powerful it is. Now, is that powerful to grow it? Oh, yes. You mean? Yeah. So SEO is, and, and for those of you that don't know what SEO means, it means search engine optimization. And so, you know, like when you go to Google, that's called a search engine. Yahoo, search engine, right? And Jen, you probably know like all of them. And I like, I think of like, you know, what is Bing a search engine? Yes, Bing is also a search engine. Oh, see, I knew something else that I didn't know I knew. Yay me. (laughs) So it's it's like Bing and Yahoo and Google. And Google's obviously the the most popular and most well-known. And so that's a search engine. And so... Well, I guess explain, please, what what that really kind of means first, and then I want to go back to something you said about your kind of beginnings. Oh, yes. SEO. Sorry, I've been in this field for a really long time, so I just do SEO, SEO, SEO. But <laughs> SEO is... Um, and forget all us little people that don't know what the hell it means, right? <laughs> yeah. So SEO is um, short for search engine optimization. So... It's just technical speak for driving traffic to websites through search engines. But how does that work exactly? What do you mean? So driving traffic through search engines. So if Google is a search engine, we're trying to make Google happy. And the way we make it happy is creating valuable websites according to what the user is typing into that search bar in Google. Oh, so like if I type in... Uh, like I'm always so opinionated and have lots of ideas in my head. And when I'm trying to come up with something, all of a sudden, I can't think of it. Um, what is the most popular dog being adopted right now? Would that be like, 
I would type that in. So then what would happen when I did that? So when you type that in, basically, you see a whole bunch of search results, right? Mm -hmm. And when you see those search results, let's say you are, let's say a dog breeding company, right? Okay. And you, your business makes money by breeding dogs and, you know, selling them out to people. Mm -hmm. So with those search results, if you're like a dog breeding company, you might want to add those keywords into that website description. So on the search engines, when you type in best dog breed, there pops up like about 10, 10 search results per page about. Okay. And so you're looking to see which one you want to click on, right? Which website should I visit among those 10? So having a good website description for that page is really important because it's going to, it's basically the gateway to your website. So I type that in and all these results pop up and then I'm deciding which one to click on. And so you're saying if I am a dog breeding company and I potentially want to reach that person who's searching for the number one dog, let's say in America right now, and I happen to know that answer as a dog breeding company owner, and I've optimized, as you say, my site, then I'm, let's say it's a border collie. So then I will make sure if I'm here, if I'm understanding this, that I have enough of the words border collie in my site so that when someone types that in, I show up on hopefully that first page. Is that the goal? Yeah, the goal is basically to, uh, with user searches, typically there's three types of searches. Either they're transactional, which means they're looking to buy something, or they're informational, like what's the best dog breed for a family? What's the best dog breed for active people? Okay. So these two types of like searches are the type of like content you want to create basically. So when it comes to transactional searches, that means they're pretty ready to buy because they're typing in things like best, I don't know, 40 HD TV, uh, for 2020. So that means they're ready to buy at that moment. But what if they're not ready to buy? If they're not ready to buy, they're most likely typing in an informational search. So they're gathering information before they actually make that purchase. Oh, like so, where is the best place to buy? Like for, so, so I could do a couple of searches. I could do a transactional search when I think I'm ready to buy. What's the best TV to buy? Or HD 40. But then I get a whole listing and now it's making me think, oh, I'm not sure which one. So then I might do another search, like a informational search where I'm going, where is the best place or which one is the best to buy, right? Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. So it's always great to get ranked for a transactional keyword, like best business coach in Illinois, right? So that means if you get ranked for that on page one of Google, you're going to get a lot of visits. But the problem with that is that keyword is very competitive. Whenever it's a transactional keyword like that, it's very competitive. And it also implies that they're ready to buy at that moment. And if you have a high ticket service, like a business coach typically costs a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. So they must be ready for that commitment before, you know, 
before you go ahead and try to create content for the best business coach in Illinois. So I like to play around with it and see both do informational and transactional type of content because it kind of like helps me capture a lot of people because if it's a high ticket service, uh, research says up to 97% of people aren't ready to buy because that's a huge financial investment for them. So it's something to think about whenever you're creating content. So what's the third type of search? Oh, yeah. So there's also a third type of search, which is usually not as common. It's just a navigational search. So it's just when, let's say you want to go to Facebook, right? Sometimes people don't go to facebook.com directly, but they'll type in Facebook in the Google search bar, right? So it's just to get to one place to another. And that's a navigational search. But that means in order for them to find you through a navigational search, they must have heard of your company before then, because there's no way you will go directly to your company if they haven't heard of you. Yeah, right. Exactly. They wouldn't know who you were. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, you're in this software engineering field, which like kudos to you. Cause I, I never knew that about you. you you're people. She's one brilliant person, right? She's a <laughs> software engineer. And so you're in this space, you're, you're in the software engineer space, which is often, you know, unfortunately, but has been a more male-dominated kind of a, you know, industry. And you start getting these accounts and you're, you're seeing these things that are happening for the clients and how you can help maximize. And so then that leads you into SEO, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so when you first started to think about that and make that transition, was it a challenge for you? Did you, were you concerned about I'm newer in this SEO space and, you know, like what kind of was going through your mind as a, as a woman who was already in a bit of a male dominated arena and now in a higher specialization like SEO? Oh yeah. So I think going through my mind, I was like, I feel like starting a business is actually one of the biggest moves you can make in your life besides buying a car or having a family. Like starting a business could be almost like a lifelong commitment, I would say. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, you never, you have to put in a lot of work, but you don't know how it will turn out. So I was definitely anxious. And I would say you're going to start a business. um, You do have to probably think about money. Sure. Because it's going to be, it might be uphill battle in terms of like basically funding and getting the knowledge that you have in your business. Because like no one starts off knowing everything, right? Right. So I would say like the most important thing for me was to stay persistent in terms of starting a business. And even though if you don't have funding, you don't have knowledge, the thing is, Knowing how to be a good person, I would say, was really important for me to form those relationships. So when I had a relationship uh, with a lawyer, relationship with the accountant, I don't know legal work. I don't know much about complex accounting things. But the thing is, I just knew that I had marketing skills. So I used those skills to um, just say, hey, I could help you do marketing if you help me do this. And so we bartered when I didn't have money to start a business. Oh, wow. That's smart. Now, did you you grow through a lot of, 
you know, it's like you said, it's always scary to go into this unknown, right? That's where anxiety actually kind of is founded in is, is fear, right? And I've, I've shared in past episodes how, how anxiety kind of really develops, right? We have this, this fear that's kind of deep and entrenched and big. And then when you have kind of too much of the fear, like think of it like it's growing like a plant, it kind of rises up into worry. Now we start worrying about stuff and we're worrying and worrying. And then when we keep worrying and we keep worrying and that's growing like a plant, it rises to anxiety, which is just a really more intense worry that we're also now starting to feel physical stuff with. So did you find that as you were getting into this SEO space and you're looking at really starting this business, initially bartering, but then hoping to start really generating revenue, were you finding that you were like feeling anxiety and worrying or like having thoughts go through your head, like self-doubt and stuff like that? Oh, yes. Um, definitely it is there. You know, everyone's heard of imposter syndrome or, you know, imposter syndrome is definitely there. I heard from certain people that actually our thoughts can be 70% negative. And that's like a huge thing to undo. It never goes away. But the thing is, um, I would say, like, kind of like kick your butts moment is actually, it gets me to shut up every single time that I have a doubt is that everyone has like an invisible timer, maybe above their head or somewhere where, you know, time is limited. We don't know, you know, when the actual last day will be. And so when we get to that point, it's like, there's no way of going back, no way of like, oh no, I should have done X, Y, and Z. I should have done this. I should have done that. And so I feel like sometimes I, you know, sometimes you get insecurities and doubts because of you're from a scarcity mindset. So if this one thing doesn't work out, you're like, oh no, that's the one thing that will never work out. And this opportunity will never come again. But the thing is, when you come from a place where everything is in abundance, then you start, I created opportunities that weren't there because like, you know, when I didn't have money, I just like thought, what could I trade in to help them so that they could help me in return and I could kind of get, I kind of got some stuff for free. And so that was a really great thing to just, you know, always remember that, you know, time's limited is, you know, once we get to a certain point, we can't go back. That's, that's brilliant. You know, I like that with thinking that there's an invisible timer in our head or above us or something that keeps us, you know, for those that are visual, it gives us this visual point of reference. And for those that are just, you know, very cerebral and just think, you know, fine. Just imagine that there's a, a timer going tick, 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 tick. And it's kind of like, you know, we're in this doubt and we're in this fear and we're in this. And I, and I want to share for, for all of you guys listening that imposter syndrome is one of those situations where we believe that we're not good enough and we believe that we are kind of a fraud, right? So we go out there in the world and we're attempting to take action in some situation, whether we're starting a business or we're shifting our, our gears in our careers or we're changing a relationship or whatever. And sometimes 
because we do have a sense of confidence and a, and a sense of self, but we're now up against these unknown things on this, this new something, we can feel inadequate and, and like you said, Jen, insecure and uncertain. And all of a sudden, then it starts creating this, this thought process that's like, I'm not enough. I'm a fraud. People are going to find out. Like, I'm, I'm an imposter trying to do this. Who am I? to do this? Why would I think that I could do this? But what's brilliant is that you kind of took a challenge in feeling that way as you're coming into this new space and saying, well, okay, it is unknown and I don't have money, yet I want to do this because this is something I, I am passionate about and I enjoy and I love. How can I, right? And then you found those opportunities. You said, how can I? How can I make this happen? Or how can I do this? Or how can I do that? So did you find that when you set that timer for yourself, especially in the beginning, was it easy or easier for you to begin to counter those thoughts when you felt kind of in that imposterish syndrome? Or did you have to do a lot of repeating of it in the beginning? I would say in the beginning, it was, I feel like the imposter syndrome, that voice was a lot louder because I've never started business before yeah. <laughs> at that time. And the thing is, even when you get to a certain point in your business where you know it's growing on its own and everything, you still get those thoughts. But I would say there is this actually really good TEDx talk that's um had you ever heard of like the five second rule by Mel Robbins mm -hmm. it's another technique that you know it's really good for kicking your butts yeah and what it involves is basically actually counting um down to five like five four three two one and whatever you're afraid of or whatever you don't want to do because you're feeling that you're not good enough who would ever talk to me, like what type of influencer would ever like communicate with me? You count down to five and you start doing the action after you hit one. So you physically get up and do whatever you're supposed to do. Like say yes to an opportunity, send that email. And the thing is, they've actually done research studies on this and basically it involves the prefrontal cortex. I'm, I'm kind of like a nerd in terms of like, yeah, you got the it right. I love it. it. Yeah, love it. And then the prefrontal cortex is involved with decision-making um, processes in your brain. And so after five seconds, that's usually when your self-doubt kicks in. Like when you hear about like a client comes up to you and says, um, can you do this for me for this amount of money? And then usually in my brain, I don't know, do you experience this? Like first time right off I hear that, I'm really excited for the opportunity, right? Sure. And then later on, I start like, oh my God, it involves this much work, this much work. I don't know if I could do it. And I also feel like it happens afterwards, like several seconds afterwards. So this thing was brilliant. Um, yeah, Mel Robbins was like, choose the top 20 TEDx talks that's been featured. And it's something that I, you know, something that you could try to do. And I would say, just create a habit of everything that you're afraid of. And when you create habits, it turns into autopilot at some point and your brain just automatically just 
goes and does it because fear is because of when you're afraid of something, when you actually put action behind it, you know, it gets rid of that fear instantly. Yeah. I, I used to always say when you fear, you have no trust. Mm -hmm. And when you trust, you have no fear. So when you step into what's, what's brilliant about that. So, well, I'm kind of binging around here for a second. I'll come back to that in, in a moment. I want to be clear for, you know, our listeners, when you have a doubt, then you're saying, and I would invite you all to go listen, to go look that TEDx talk up, or not TEDx talk, but that TED talk, Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Basically, what you're saying then is, if I have these doubts, and I'm sitting in this imposter syndrome, right, that what, I count down to five, I just take the action regardless of where my thoughts are at, right? And let's say I'm taking the action and then more thoughts come up or doubts or imposter syndrome or fears or anxieties, then take a breath, stop, count down to five again and just keep going, correct? Oh, yeah. So basically, yeah, let's say something that a lot of people fear is public speaking and getting on stage. Right. And so when you're thinking about it, you're creating like, you know, when you're thinking about it in a negative way, you're creating more and more and more fear, more and more insecurities. But once you step on that stage, you've done it, right? Right. So it's out of your mind, done and said. And I, I feel like, I always feel like when you're like, just the anticipation of it could, it just cripples a lot of people from achieving what they actually want to do in life. Because when you ask them, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? And people would list like lists of things. And I feel like that's the first step where people get stuck. Like when it came to starting a business with me, if I didn't have that, you know, I don't want to say like not faith in a religious sense, but like if mm -hmm. you don't believe in, in yourself, like right off the bat, that's like the first step where everything could go wrong. Because once you believe in yourself, you start creating opportunities, you won't stop. Like, you know, you won't stop until you actually get to your goals because that's the field that drives everything. That's going to be the fields for you to drive your revenues, find clients, find influencers, and create other ways to grow and scale your business. Well, but so, okay. So if you believed in yourself when you were getting into the SEO space way back, why do you think you went into imposter syndrome then that you needed to kind of learn how to plow through? if you believed in yourself. I'm always curious about that with people, and myself included. I, I absolutely, look, I, all of you know that I'm kind of redirecting my career right now. It's scary as hell, people. And it's not scary because I don't believe in myself or my abilities. It's scary because it's unknown. This is where fear comes from. Fear is based in the future, because it's unknown, right? Like, I, I can't, anxiety is about the future and depression is about the past. I can have fear of something in the past, but think about it. I'm only afraid of what's in the past because I'm projecting it into the present and the future and being afraid it might happen. But that's the point. It might. I don't know for sure. So then I get myself all wrapped up in my head and blah, blah, blah. And this is where the imposter syndrome and things like that can come into play. So 
like as you were stepping into that space, knowing that you're good at marketing and knowing that you're brilliant and you're a software engineer and you understand SEO, why do you think you kind of got caught up in the imposter syndrome then? I think that I had this, you know, I always have this, I would say it's a constant, like every day you wake up, you have this, um, you you wake up in the best spirits. Uh-huh. But throughout your day, for me, what I do partially is I do a lot of pitching to influencers. Okay. And to actually get to the influencers that I was able to get to, I had to fall down a lot, like basically get rejected a lot, tons and tons of times. And this is what I was talking about in terms of creating a habit. <laughs> you get a habit of just getting rejected constantly. It just like rolls up, like it never fully, like I would say it never feels good to get rejected, but it kind of like each time it happens to me, it's just, oh, it just means I got to move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing until I get to the point where I could actually find the right influencer. Because I would say like starting a business is more like falling down a thousand times and then getting up 10 times and, you know, learning how to succeed because of that. Because yeah, there's no way to, there's no way through it besides hard work. And, you know, you're going to get rejected a lot of times, but you know, you got to put in that like mental effort and that physical effort to actually make this thing work. I love that. I mean, I believe it was Thomas Edison who said, I, I fail, I didn't fail 10,000 times in trying to create the light bulb. I found 10,000 ways it didn't work. So it's a simple reframe in our mind. So we build the habit okay, I've got all this buildup in my mind about getting rejected if I start this business or like for you, I get into this SEO space and I want to reach these influencers and show them that I am very good at what I do and I'm capable of helping them optimize their site and driving traffic and helping them learn how to grow their business through marketing and online strategies. And yet I keep getting rejected. So it's like you had two choices, imposter syndrome or not. Like you could start to feel like what I'm hearing, it sounded like you're saying was that, oh, am I, am I a fraud in this? Am I good enough in this and that? And the other part of you is like, no, damn it. I know I am. I'm going to keep going. Now over here, the other side, that the, like the two voices in our head, right? Like, you're not good enough at this. You can't do this. Look at how many rejections. Oh, the rejection hurts. What am I doing wrong? And then the other side of you is like, shut your face. I'm going to keep going. And so eventually then you diminish the fear of being rejected. And so I love that. Listen up, everybody. Build a new habit for the things you're afraid of. So it doesn't mean like if you're terrified of spiders, you all of a sudden have like a house full of spiders as pets. (laughs) It's right. It's like if you're terrified of spiders, then I I don't know. Let's just take a, a, a phobia that, you know, like public speaking, which is even a higher phobia than the fear of death, actually. But let's just say like, you know, something simple, like not even a spider, a fear of a bug. And you see the bug and you're like, ah, and your mind is creating all this stuff around it. And like, oh, it's going to be so horrible. And it's unknown. And the bug is going to fly at me and attack me. And well, you kind of expose yourself Actually, in the psychological world, we have a name for that called exposure therapy. 
and you expose yourself to it, build a habit of getting used to seeing that bug and tearing down the mindset that says it's going to hurt me or it's going to be bad, it's this unknown. And then I build this habit and all of a sudden the mindset starts to shift to a positive place where you're like, oh, it's not the rejection. It's thank you for the no, it's on to the next one so I can get the yes, mm -hmm. right? So, so is that kind of how you overcame your imposter syndrome feelings and the, and the fears that you had in starting your business? Yeah, I would say like basically a huge part of having a business is actually talking and interacting with a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. So I knew actually like standing on a stage and talking to a crowd of people in person was the best way to um, create leads that would later become paying clients. But the thing is, I hated it so much. So what I did was I just signed up for Toastmasters and, you know, it's like it was 80 bucks for six months. And so, like, as you mentioned, habits could be good or bad. Right. So I basically just every week you get up in front of the stage or you get up in front of like your peers and they give you feedback. And sometimes they're asking you random questions and then you have to come up with an on-spot uh, speech without knowing the question beforehand. So it kind of, I would say like actually improv is really good in terms of like getting you to get better at public speaking. Yeah. And when you become a better speaker, it creates a better experience for when you're having a sales conversation or when you're putting on a presentation, let's say to um, sell your services or products or to help people out. So we've been talking a lot about like entrepreneurs, right? And starting a business. And, and I know that you said, you know, in, in our pre call conversation and in in just chatting with you and getting to know you over the the last you know six seven months or so that there are two things that are critical and and really crucial to growing a business and I want to I want to get to those in a second but you know you're you're in this space now you're you're kind of doing your SEO thing I want to point out that we've been talking a lot about from this entrepreneurial space, but pay attention to the fact that a lot of this can apply to our everyday life when we're looking at the limitations and the boundaries and the buts and all the excuses, all the past conditioning that we get caught up in that starts to create that mind fuckery that then stops us from moving forward, whether it's building a business or let's say you don't even have a business that you want to, like, you don't have customers or clients, but you like to sell crafts or, or just share your crafts and you have a website. Well, SEO is important. Let's say you want to share your poetry and you just do a poetry site or a blog. And, and I don't mean just like it's, you know, you, whatever the reason is that you might want to share a part of yourself online what Jen does with this SEO with search engine optimization is important across the board. So we may be specifically kind of talking like entrepreneurs today to some degree, but I, I just wanted as a side note to point out that if you just want to have like a private page that you share with your circle of friends or family, that's one thing. But if you want to extend that reach of influence to anybody else where you want anybody else to see that 
for whatever reason, whether it's just for fun and as a hobby or it's for, you know, selling something or creating leads for something else. Maybe you do intense volunteer work or you have a foundation or you want to spread goodwill and reach more people like the Me Too movement, right? And you want to be able to get more of that out there. You can't rely on places like Facebook and other social media to just maybe have something go viral. So if you have a site that you are sharing, pay attention to what we're talking about today because search engine optimization is important from what I'm learning and gathering from you, Jen, all across the board. Would that be a true statement? Uh, Yes. As you mentioned, it doesn't have to be like you're building a business, right? Like you mentioned, it could be to actually have really big movements like the Me Too movement and then uh, global climate change movements, Mm -hmm. any type of movement. Anywhere you need attention to spread the word, you could definitely use some SEO concepts to kind of just drive attention to that website. Yeah, see, that's cool. It's pretty universal. Yeah, that's cool. So, you know, if you are in the entrepreneurial space, then whether or not you've kind of experienced yourself the imposter syndrome, or you've had anxieties or doubts and fears about various things, or maybe you're just starting out and you don't even have a lot of money or funding to be able to do the things that you know down the road you could do or would do if you had more resources. What are kind of the two crucial pieces to growing and kind of starting a business, especially if you don't have money or funding or resources like that? I would say we we definitely touched upon this through the entire show and with your podcast, Kick Your Butts. And the number one crucial thing, well, one of the crucial things is to have that mindset, right? Okay, yeah. That mindset where, you know, you might not have this mindset like every single day. Even for um, all of us, we all have our bad days. We like, sometimes we don't even want to get out of bed, right? Yeah. But The thing is, it's a journey. So every time you fall down, you must have that persistence and, you know, that ability to basically push forward when things are hard. Number one is persistence. Number two, I kind of touched upon it, is basically learning how to become a better person so that you foster these relationships to grow your company. And so, yeah, I mentioned that I feel like every single email or pitch that you send. I really hate the word pitch, but I know, right? (laughs) Anytime you're trying to like, let's say get a client to um, perhaps invest in your products or services or have an influencer to promote your brand or business, I feel like there always has to be like a layer of you being a good person and having that emotional intelligence. So what I mean by emotional intelligence is like, if I was at the other receiving end of this message, how would it make me feel? Would it feel like someone's asking me for a favor and, you know, there's, they're just a stranger asking me for a favor. And you know how those pitches go. They just like right off the bat, they're like sales, but they don't spend that time trying to create that relationship and knowing what they're going through before you actually go in and ask them for a favor or to ask them to buy. And so I would say that's like the bread and butter of actually really good marketing when it comes to like growing and scaling your business. 
And that's like a huge pet peeve when, you know, I read it and I think about, does it make me feel like, does it make me look desperate or does it make me look pushy? Or how does it actually make me feel when I'm on the receiving end? And so that's a lot of like PR companies or other companies. Well, you know, there's no personalization in their messages. So having that layer of emotional intelligence and knowing how to be become a better person uh, would be like my number two advice in terms of growing a business. I love that because that is one million percent applicable across all of our lives every single day. If if I work to have a shift in my mindset, even in, you know, the times when I'm having that bad day, that rough time that I don't want to get up out of bed and I'm kind of viewing the world through this negative lens. If I can work maybe with the five second rule, right, to shift my mindset a little bit and look more toward the gratitude or the positivity. And and again, as you all know from previous episodes, it's not about Susie positivity, we're all happy, happy now, because that's bullshit and it doesn't work. Not when I wake up and the last thing I want to do that day is get out of bed and do anything I'm supposed to do. I may be in a really foul place, right, inside my body, in my mind. Yet if I take a step back and I work to shift that mindset to maybe I'll find one thing today to not be so pissy about then maybe that one thing will turn into two and five and 10. And before, by the end of the day, I'll have really shifted. And so then you're saying, and so I'm persistent with that, right? I'm persistent in my mindset. And then I'm persistent in learning how to be the best version of me. So if I, in my crabbiness, go to the store and the cashier is like, I don't know, happy and smiling at me and tries to make chit chat. And I'm just not in the mood. I'm just like, I just want my groceries and I want to get out of there. And she says something and I kind of get snippy with her, or maybe I don't even realize it. Right. You're saying, you know, I mean, this is across business because you're building the relationships, but I think this is why it's applicable to all of us every day is because then let's say I walk away from there and I'm like, wow, why was I snippy at her? She was just being nice to me and kind and, and striking up a conversation and I was kind of crappy. Huh. Oh, wow. I'm having a really rough day. And yeah, I guess I kind of took it out on her and all right, you know what? I'm going to work on that. So it's like that persistence then to be a better person and to be a, a better version of myself. Is that what, so that's kind of what you're saying in, from a business perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So were those the qualities then, did you figure this out for yourself early on as you were getting into the, the, you know, kind of SEO space that allowed you then to shift your mindset into, okay, how can I barter? What can I do? And it helped you develop these relationships so that you could keep going and then build your business up because you had developed the rapport with those relationships. Uh, yes, this definitely helped me out in that arena. And so the mind shift that happened there was instead of me thinking about who would ever talk to me, who would ever buy from me, who would, which influencer, like there will never be an influencer that will come promote my brand or business. I started changing my mindset to actually how I could provide value and help to them. 
mm, and so yeah. that kind of took a lot of pressure off of me and it just basically just taught me how could I help them out and you know understand them as a human being because it doesn't matter if you're marketing or you're trying to create new friends or um, new colleagues there's a whole layer of just like becoming a better person that I feel like it was I never learned it at starting off as a business owner when I talk to other like experts they're like they tell you like oh you need to build a sales list you need to have a CRM, like an email marketing system. You got to have paid ads. You got to do this and that. But I don't feel like it was stressed enough to actually become a better person and have that emotional intelligence to understand who you're talking to at the other end. And so I wish I really got that piece of advice when I first started. And so it's actually been instrumental for me to just always think about the other person before I think about myself. Oh, that's so cool. And like, do you find over the years now that your kind of feelings of, you know, quote unquote, imposter syndrome, and, and I say that not like it's not real, of course it is. I just mean to, to kind of accentuate the imposter syndrome. I did the quotes, right? Do you think that over time, your feelings of, in that sense of feeling not good enough or like a, like an imposter really started to diminish or, you know, do you find that you still get that, you know, you still have those feelings barely ever or sometimes or quite a bit, but you just have the tools now on how to manage, you know, and walk with it when it happens. I think you really hit it on the head with what you just said last was basically I still have it to this day, I think everyone has it. Um, whether or not they, because the thing is, you don't want to appear like sometimes like you don't want to appear weak in front of potential clients or influencers. But sometimes that vulnerability is actually like helpful in terms of like engaging in those type of relationships. Oh sure. And so, I basically I still have it to this day. Everyone still does. Now I have actual tools like things I could actually practice like that five second rule or just learning how to provide value and having like that abundance mindset where I could always create opportunities for myself. And I think those tools were basically, you know, they're really important in terms of me. I would say you you never get rid of imposter syndrome. It's like impossible, but these are the tools that just help me kind of like when that voice starts creeping up again, that's how it like gets it to shut up and just start moving forward with what I have to do. You know, you said something kind of important from kind of the show's perspective and my perspective, even as a therapist and coach that, you know, it's like, can you really get quote unquote, get rid of and really not ever feel a particular way again or get rid of a particular feeling. And I, you know, maybe years ago I would have said, I don't know that I agree that you can't ever get rid of it. I think now the way I view it and what I've seen through years with clients and, you know, just friends and family and conversations with strangers is that it's it's been more about learning to walk with it. You know what I mean? Like, 
I may not ever really feel that way anymore. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. But I used to. And I remember how I felt when I did. And I have those memories. And I remember those times. The difference today is that I'm not, one, going to let it define me. And two, I'm not going to let it stop me and hold me back. I'm going to learn to walk with it if it comes up, knowing it could be there. And I will learn to walk with it and move with it so I can move through it and past it. Right. You I know, love so, that. yeah. Right. I mean, because it's not about getting rid of something. Because how do you get rid of your memories and shove them on a shelf and act like they don't exist? I think that's where we get into trouble, especially when we go into business, because we think we're supposed to this, that, or the other. It's like a new podcast. Look, my podcast is only a few months old. If I was caught up in uh, a friend of mine, I don't know who coined the term, if she did or not, but my my friend Emily, the radical rabbi, we had a conversation one day and she said something about, she used the word comparanoia, right? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, right? Cool, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I love that. Comparanoia. That's so true. Like you get into this comparison place and then it's like, like it's almost like you're paranoid, comparanoia. And I, I thought about it and I thought, you know, if, if I'm in this podcast space now, like I am, and I started comparing myself to other shows or other shows that were out around the same amount of time frame as mine, not maybe started at the same time, but at this mark that I'm at, and I started comparing myself. I could go down a deep rabbit hole that could stop me from continuing to move forward. That's we have something in the podcast space called pod fade where people start recording and they don't see the millions overnight and they don't see all the monetization right away. And they don't see all the influencers beating on their door and writing to them and blah, blah, blah. And so they quit thinking it's not doing anything. And those that just kind of stick with it and are doing it because their heart is calling them to be of service to others, right? To bring value to others, build those relationships, one, with themselves, and then two, with others, and it just continues to grow. And so I love what you said about those two crucial kind of things in growing a business because you found very innovative ways when you didn't have money in order to kind of build those relationships and potentially build that experience and build that influence so that they'd be like, man, I've got the girl for SEO. Her name is Jen Yan. You got to go to her. Jennifer is amazing. She's going to help you really kind of tailor your, your website. What would you say? Well, what do you say now? when some of that imposter syndrome kicks in, even if it's just a little bit? Do you notice that you say something different to it that when you first started feeling it? Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely saying something different to it and something else. Okay, Um, when I start feeling like I feel like I'm not good enough or why would they ever buy from me? The thing is, when... I'm not going to say the S word, but when poop hits the fan at the end of the day, when you don't make money for your business, you're kind of screwed, right? Right. Yeah. So when you don't, basically, if I don't make the sale, I'm not, let's say I might not be able to make rent or pay my mortgage or do something. So I would say like, for one, negative thoughts never disappear, right? They're always there. 
But sometimes I never dispel the actual power of negative thoughts also because it could be some of the biggest feel for our biggest goals or our biggest dreams in our lives. If this didn't happen to me like this, you know, if basically there is like an event that didn't happen to me, I would have never gotten to that spot because there's like a lot of entrepreneurs like Robert Herjavec, right? One of the people on Shark Tank. He was an immigrant. He grew up poor. And actually a lot of entrepreneurs, they grew up poor. And basically it was because of those negative influencers of, you know, they were constantly struggling for money that it became one of the biggest forces towards growing their business and having multi-million or billion dollar companies. And it wasn't if it wasn't for that, maybe it might not have happened. Like we never know um, right. with sure. these negative events. So sometimes I, I just feel everything as an opportunity. And when something happens, it's all up to your mind to make it negative or positive. The mind's very subjective. Like yeah. basically events that happens in your life is events, but your mind attaches a feeling to it, right? So I, I feel like it's an ongoing piece of work and there are definitely mind shows that you could try like using different words to describe what happened. So you could change up your terminology and basically there's a lot of things you could do to kind of like try to like break through these negative thoughts and, you know, kind of like go through your life and just not shoving them underneath the rug, but basically dealing with it. And like you were saying, walking with it as you start approaching your, as you go throughout your life. Yeah. So I love that. I love this conversation, you know, business and living as a human on this planet. Like there's so many things that are so intertwined and yeah, I mean, we can get caught up and maybe we don't, take the job or move to the place we want to go to or, you know, be willing to go out and meet people when we're new in a community because we're introverted or shy or, you know, from a personal level, there's all these ways that being human and having all these negative thoughts and these feelings and these past experiences can affect us. And at the same time, they're really all applicable in business. And a lot of the business principles that you know, people seem to, to think are just business are applicable to our everyday life. So it's just so, you know, intertwined. So if there was one piece of kind of kick your butts advice that you would want to share with, you know, my audience, what would you offer up? What would you say? I would say, I would go back to that timer. And basically, Imagine there's a timer about your head and, you know, you could have all the, you know, insecurities, excuses, doubts that you can. But the fact is this timer never stops clicking. Like every second that passes by, it never stops clicking. So time doesn't have room for excuses or, you know, doubts or insecurities. So I would say that's my biggest advice. If the worst thing that could happen to you is you fail. But the thing is, that's a learning experience that you're not going to get. You don't fail. Yes. So uh, whatever you're thinking of, just do the five second rule, do it. And if you fail, like 
who cares? You go on to the next opportunity and, you know, you live life again. It's like all in your brain that's happening that's like makes it worse. So I would say just think of that timer every time you start having doubts in your brain about not being good enough or, you know, not being able to accomplish your goals. Yeah, I love that. Just fail forward, people. Fail forward. It's learning opportunities. It's not really failure. You're growing, learning, and experience, and you can take that and just another foot in front of the other and another step forward. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for being here. If people wanted to learn more about you and you're generously offering, and thank you so much. This is so kind of you. Jennifer Yan, let me tell you, I told you she's an SEO expert. She is generously offering you guys 30 minutes of an SEO audit so that you can learn to, you know, like what's kind of going on so you can drive more traffic into your into your business website. So if you have a business website and you don't know a lot about SEO or you're not sure if you're optimized or not, reach out to Jan. So why do I keep Jan? I'm a sure, I'm sorry, it's Jennifer. I keep saying Jen because that, that time it came out Jan. I'm a short name. I'm a short name person, right? I've been calling you Jen the whole time and I didn't even ask you in the beginning, hey, do you mind Jen? Because some people, you might be like, no, I really prefer Jennifer. And I've just been calling you Jen. So I'm so sorry about that. And then oh, I no turn worries. around and I call you Jan at the end. What the hell is my mind thinking? Anyway, seriously, reach out to Jennifer Yan. And the the best place to reach out to her is Jen, you know what? No, you you tell us. Oh, so um, thank you so much for announcing that. So I'm basically having a free SEO makeover for like anyone with that wants to drive traffic to their website. And so you could book directly at kalendi.com slash Jen hyphen 90. And you could book a direct time with me. We'll go over your website. We'll find out ways to make it in terms of marketing, create more clients and also create better conversion rates to turn those leads into clients. So you can book directly through that link and you could reach out to me anytime that you want. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I will repeat that. That's and I'll spell it for you, and it'll be in the show notes too. It's calendly.com forward slash Jen 90. So that's C A L E N D L Y.com forward slash J E N hyphen nine zero. And it again, it'll be in the show notes. Jennifer Yan, my friend, SEO expert. Thank you so much for sharing your business insights, your personal insights, your kick your butts moment. It's been a fantastic conversation and I'm honored that you joined me here today. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, thank you so much, Susan. It's been an honor and I'm looking to see other people become action takers after this episode and stop giving them excuses and just go for it. Who cares? Right, and kick their butts. Yeah, kick yeah. your butts moment I love and just it. move ahead. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. And, you know, everybody, remember, you are more than you know. You can step onto your infinite path and step into your infinite possibilities and not only be who you are meant to be, but do what you are meant to do on this planet. The world is waiting for you. Your people are waiting for you. And if you enjoyed today's episode or the show, please share with others and 
feel free to rate and, and, and review and subscribe and share it to others so that we can continue to grow, create that massive impact in the world and the ripple effect. For now, have an amazing, infinitely possible week, and I will see you all next week. I love you all. Ciao for now. You've been listening to Kick Your Butts, where sitting on your butts is no longer an option, figuratively and literally. To access the show notes and important links from today's episode, please visit kickyourbutts.com. While you're there, please share your Kick Your Butts story by clicking the Start Recording button. It might just be included in a future episode. Thanks for listening today. Now get out there and kick those butts to the curb.